Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, from across the country and around the world. You're listening to American Billiard Radio. My name is Mr. Bond. I'll be your host for the show today. And today is April the 2nd, 2015. In the news this week, you know, I mentioned uh, last week about the new event for the juniors. The BCA and the European Pocket Billiards Federation got together and they've come up with a, a brand new championship just like the Moscone Cup, a European team versus an American team, except it's for the juniors. And just like the Moscone Cup, it will be held in Europe one year and in, in the United States the following year and they will alternate. Unlike the Moscone Cup, not only are the players juniors, but they also each team will also include two girls. So there is a little bit of a twist on it. It's supposed to be uh, really exciting. I'm excited about it. You should be excited about it. This is a really great thing to promote the kids and uh, bring their level of play up and level of recognition, to be honest with you. So anyway, we decided to talk to the BCA about the event and uh, how it kind of came about. So a little bit later in the program, you'll be hearing from Mr. Shane Tyree and BCA CEO Rob Johnson about the event, and we'll get some more information about that. Also, on today's show, we're going to be talking to Mr. Rodney Morris about his recent win at the Wyoming Open. The Wyoming Open, in case you didn't know this, is probably one of the coolest events in the country. It's not the biggest tournament out there, but very unique in several ways. For one, the the main promoter of the event is the mayor of the town himself in Saratoga, Wyoming. Can you believe that there is a mayor that hosts his own pool tournament? It's the coolest thing. Plus, not only does he play, he's an avid shooter, but he actually invented an entire game to add to this event called Saratoga. It's like a cross between 8-ball and 9-ball. You have to shoot your suit, stripes or solids, that you pick. But like 9-ball, you have to shoot them in order. So it's 8-ball rotation style almost. Really interesting thing. They had a great turnout. There was over 200 people there. Rodney Morris, Corey Duell. Oscar Dominguez, Johnny Archer. I mean, there was a great lineup, a tough field to work their way through. And as I said, Rodney Morris took the title for the Saratoga game for it's either his sixth or seventh year in a row he's been dominating this particular game. This year, Johnny Archer took the uh, the 10 ball, and Mark Vidal took the 8 ball. So anyway, we're going to be talking to Rodney a little bit about that and some other stuff going on in his life. So stick around and we'll get right back to that after your one minute pool instructor. Hi, I'm Scott Lee. I'm Randy G. And welcome to the One Minute Pool Instructor. So what are we going to follow up this week, Scott? Well, I'd like to talk about the difference between hit the ball and follow through and a finish. Wait a minute. There's a difference? Sure, there's a difference. 
if I just hit the ball and follow through, who knows what might happen? And who knows if it's accurate and repeatable? If I finish my swing, I'm always going to get the same amount of energy going into the cue ball. It's just a different tip elevation and a different speed. But when you stop your tip at different places, who knows what's going to happen? So you're, you're telling me that you would like to teach that the stroke has a starting point and a finish point. Every time. And, and they're the same for all shots. For all SOP shooting, yes. Okay, and that all you change then is the speed of your cue stick or the tip position on the cue ball. Right. That's exactly it. Well, that sure it. makes sense. And, and here's the way that, that we look at it from our philosophy, which is, again, an opinion, but it sure. seems to be workable for a lot, out, a lot of people out there. When you have a range of motion, your subconscious brain then can learn to move that cue stick at variable rates of acceleration. Now, most people have three rates of acceleration. They've got their normal playing stroke, they've got a bunt or a dink, and they've got a break. And they're all three wildly different physiologically and psychologically. But when you have the same setup and delivery... My God, you must have multiple speeds. Well, yeah, we, we teach 10 speeds. At least. And and uh, and the, the low one would be a lag and the high one would be a break. And they don't change. They're all the same movement of the cue. It's just a different rate of acceleration with a smooth transition. Well, you know, in all of life, all races have two points. Mm -hmm. uh, we, ha we have a starting point. And we have a finish line, right? Yeah. And therefore, we can judge time, speed, distance, travel. If we put the same philosophy to a stroke, we have a starting point and a finish, then we can judge, guess what? Speed, distance, hit, everything. Absolutely. So the brain does that automatically. Well, and the other thing is that when you use arbitrary terms like soft and hard, yeah. they don't mean the same thing to the same person. No. But if you talk about a numerical scale, it's the same thing for everybody. Yeah, the brain really wraps around a number, doesn't it? Yeah, it may change from table to table, but that's another value is that you're able to adjust well, to different why we have stroke conditions. Speed. Right. You have to adjust stroke speed. You do. Wow. So, so you said hit the ball and follow through. I grew up with that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what does that mean? Well, you know, it's in every book, it's in every video, it's every well-meaning instructor slash coach slash team captain out there they all say hit the ball and follow through and how far yeah, uh, or, uh, yeah. you know Moscone and when, yeah. Yeah, and when. Moscone said 60 70 years ago you should have a six to eight inch bridge and follow through four to six inches I agree well a lot of people will fall within that four to six inch range of a follow through but not everybody has a six to eight inch bridge. No, the games have changed since Mr. Moscone is they have. They the have. champion. God bless him, great champion. So if I finish my swing, I will always get follow through. How much? Depends on the person. Everybody's a little bit different. A lot of people will fall into that four to six inch range. Some will be a little shorter, some will be a little longer, but nobody is gonna have a 20 inch follow through unless they're nine feet tall. Uh, probably not then either, but but so more follow through doesn't give me more anything. It sure doesn't, and that's based on the concept of the dwell time between the tip and the ball, which is one one thousandth of a second. So that's 
to hit the ball and it's gone. That's faster than I can blink. <laughs> That's four times faster. So, so you're saying if you just finish your stroke, let the cue ball be gone, right? right? Just finish your stroke, the brain will then get into that rhythm for you constantly and do it all the time. Absolutely. I like it. The start and the finish to your stroke. Start and the finish. Well, this has been this week's One Minute Pool Instructor. I'm Scott Lee. And I'm Randy G. And next week we've got a real surprise for you. We're not going to announce it, but we have a real surprise. We'll see you then. All right, welcome back, everybody. I got uh, Mr. Shane Tyree and Rob Johnson uh, of the BCA on the phone. How are you guys doing today? We're doing great. Thanks, David. How are you? <laughs> not too shabby, not too shabby. It's actually warm here today, believe it or not. I think we're getting up into the 70s. Wow. That's Coloradoans. It's 70 degrees. And by chance, I looked at my phone, and we're supposed to get four to eight inches of snow tonight. So I <laughs> snuck home at lunch and fertilized. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty we're, dang funny. We're still clean. in that 70 degrees one day, and then uh, 40 degrees one day. and Yeah. That time of year, but it's spring, so we're all excited. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we get the same sort of thing where, you know, it snows one day, and the next day it's hot. It's ridiculous. It, it really I, is. That, that's what's great. Is, uh, with half of our board of directors in your area, we... We spend half our, our half our time on the phone doing winter updates. <laughs> it's always fun to see what it's like around the country. It's yeah. been quite the winter. Yes, yes, it has. Yes, it has. So uh, there is an actual reason uh, for the phone call today. I'm going to ask you about the Atlantic Challenge Cup. And I just wanted to warn the listeners real quick. We're having some phone transmission issues today. So if it cuts out or gets funny, uh, we are aware of that. And I'll try to do the best that we can to, to stay on the line. So anyway, um, Atlantic Cup Challenge, the uh, Moscone Cuppy thing for the juniors. It's really exciting. Um, can you start by just telling us how, where the idea kind of came from? Yeah, I'd be happy to. It's, it's the Atlantic Challenge Cup, and it really began a couple years ago, um, and the person that, that should get the, uh, get the accolades for this is Skip Nemesek. And Skip, everybody knows, with tweeting, mm -hmm. um, Fiber has been a member of the industry forever and has been a, an amazing supporter of the Billiard Congress of America. And Skip is our representative to the Whirlpool Billiard Association. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, as, as everybody knows, we're not in a position to host tournaments and, 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 and put on uh, professional events really due to the economy as we've talked about in the past and sure. there's, there's no secret that, that we want to do that in the future and we plan to do that in the future but but with that said we still do a lot with play and we help choose teams for world, world championships we choose players for world championships we get involved in um, you know some of the behind the scenes marketing of the Moscone Cup we still are involved in uh, producing the, the rule book. Um, we work with the Billiard Education Foundation. Um, you know, you name it, we have our, our instructor program. And so we do a lot around play. And, and because of that, um, we're in constant contact with Skip and, and with the rest of the world. And Skip presented a concept to us a couple of years ago about really taking the Moscone Cup idea and doing something with, juniors at the same level um, competing against the Europeans, and he presented it 
um, to the Billiard Congress of America, you know, people who have the interest, and we jumped at the opportunity. We we love the idea for you know many reasons. One is um, it's a the Moscone Cup. We think is is just a, an awesome. Event. We love how it promotes the the game. We love the professionalism of it. Um, we love seeing what Mark Wilson did this year with Team USA and the professionalism that that he created in, in high caliber you know mm-hmm. event. Right. And so everything about the Moscone, you know, we like and, and to to look at it and say, okay, now let's that, you know, do we want to consider doing something like that at the junior level um, with the Europeans was, was very intriguing to us. And, and to be honest with you, the Europeans are on events. They, they get funding from their government. Um, they're, they're quite the, the machine in putting on events. And so um, we knew that we were working with professionals, and, and, and because of that, um, we, we, we felt like we could put together an event with, you know, as you can appreciate, there's there's two staff members at the BCA, and so we had to we we get offered opportunities to do different things, and and we have to look at it from a financial standpoint, but we also have to look at it from a resource standpoint. And mm-hmm. and the reality was when we looked at at this opportunity, um, we felt like the the from a resource standpoint, uh, we could make it work because of Skip and because of. Um, the Europeans being so organized on putting on events, and from a financial standpoint, we felt like um, we could create an event that would be very inclusive um, of our industry and in getting businesses to support it. Um, and we felt like we could make it work. So, so it's been. But, but to answer, you know, long answer to a short question, it's been years um, in the making, and a lot, a lot of hours, and a lot of work, and a lot of of give and take um, to make this event happen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, is it, um, so Skip sort of, you know, brought the idea to you guys, uh, you molded over and decided to go with it. Um, what is your relationship like with the World Pocket Billiards Federation? Did you have to convince them, I guess maybe is, what I, is a better question. Was it yeah, something... No, it, it, you know what? It was um, it, our our BCA itself. Um, when we presented this to the board of directors, the concept, um, it you know there was overwhelming support for it. You know the the, the future of our game or, or youth. You know and, and and you know simply it's whether whether it's youth that become professional players or it's youth that become you know players in the future and play in leagues and, and just become you know customers. They're incredibly important to us, sure. and so making that pitch to the board um, was very easy. You know, the WPA—it's not a sanctioned per se event with the WPA, and so we obviously made made them aware of, of what we were doing. And, and uh, Ian Anderson with the WPA, and, and we've had nothing but you know positive support from from them. And then you know to bring the the Billiard Education Foundation into the equation. You know, we we approached them and said, you know, from a business standpoint, the BCA um, will, will play the role of, of organizing the event and um, putting together you know packages and and working out the the details on site selection and and a lot of um, date selection and 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 all of the pieces that make the event happen. But we're going to rely on the Billiard Education Foundation to be have to 
um, select the team. You know, they're in the business of shooters, and, um, you know, that's really where their expertise lies. And so, in a way, it, it's been very neat for us because um, it's extended a relationship with the State Education Foundation um, to another level that uh, has been very good for both sides. Right, right. So, and, and from what I understand, what you, well, you just mentioned it too, um, the fact that you guys yourselves will not actually be in charge of the player selection as far as who, who gets qualified to go. What can you tell us so far about the, I mean, I know that you turned it over to the BEF, but, um, well, let me say it there's a, the, another way. Let me tell you what I know so far, and you can tell me if that's incorrect. Um, from what I understand, the BEF is going to uh, approach the APA, uh, VNEA, and uh, BCAPL. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. And they'll also reach a couple other organizations um, it, it involved with the industry. Um, to select the best juniors available. Um, right. And so, like Rob said a couple minutes ago, this is really to bring the industry together. So the, the BEF is tasked to reach out to all the organizations that operate kid junior leagues um, and have, have already reached out to them, um, and they will submit a six-player six – player, they will submit six players – for evaluation that will go to a selection committee. And then that selection committee will go over all the bios and credentials of each of the players right. submitted right. Um, and then select the top six players, okay. boys and two girls, for the competition. <coughs> gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure that we all were aware of, uh, of, of how that's going to happen. So, no, that's interesting, and I'm and I can't tell you how great of an idea it is to reach out to all those different institutions. I think that's a brilliant idea. So whoever came up with that gets a high five. That was You know what? I I'll add to what Shane said. What's what's been interesting, you know, you ask why did it take you know, if you've been talking about it for two years, what you know, why? You know, and, and some of the issues we dealt with, uh or that we're dealing with with kids that are in school and so right. had to yeah. that, that are also trying to qualify for, you know, the B C A nationals and in the world. Um, championships and and so you know trying to pick a date that um, the kids could you know you could pick a team give them enough notice to you know get their passports prepare to travel to Europe um, and to do to do that and find a time when Europe and their players could do it and our players could do it um, and and still have the the BCA nationals during the BCA Expo still have time for them to do the world championships and right. that's where you know the partnership came in and, and it's been neat to see was that you know the European we had one idea for a date and um, you know we, we, we went back and forth and, and we were able to choose this early July date uh, that ended up working for both sides but it it's been a real neat opportunity to Again, you know, have the Europeans, the the BEF and the BCA, you know, all work together, and then now the Billiard Education Foundation is reaching out to, right. you know, all of these the, these leagues and and you know, pool room operators who have fantastic reputations for developing junior players, and you know, 
again, I want to give the credit to Skip because that that's what he envisioned was mm-hmm. to to find a, a way to bring the industry together and yes. you know rally rally the industry and you know this is just the just the beginning. You know, the spirit was you know honestly it was getting the foundation built. It was you know hey you know let's get a date. Let's get a, a, a you know how do we select the teams? How are we going to do this? Um, you know, be very honest with you. Thank goodness that Europe agreed to do it first. <laughs> and yeah, it. yeah. And uh, you know, we have nothing but plans to 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 grow this program. We we want retailers, we want room operators to embrace this concept. And you know, our dream down the road um, in, in a few years is that you know you see posters hanging in, in retailers and pool room operators and people promoting this and. You know, really, really, again, it's it's a, a rally for the industry. There's, there's, you know, no reason for, for competition um, for an event like this. It's really everybody coming together. Yes. And, uh, you know, that's exactly what we're looking to do. Exactly, exactly. Well, you know, and maybe, maybe this will be, you know, um, kind of a turning point uh, as far as it might be just a thing to get some of these room owners or what have you involved with holding qualifiers you know more state qualifiers than what we currently have if um you know in an ideal world you could have qualifiers in all 50 states and the bef would have a really easy go at determining who goes to you know the moscone cup at the end of the day because they've got you know actual competitions to choose from kind of a thing so you know you never know it might uh, it might just lead to more hopefully um, do you know anything about it right now as far as are the kids that do get selected, is, are they getting any kind of financial uh, assistance with being able to go, or is it at this point still going to be up to them to be able to afford to make the trip? Yeah, David, that's a great question. So the commitment that the Billy Congress of America had when we when we created the, uh, agreed to do the Atlantic Challenge Cup was that um, we would provide the funding for the kids to a kid and a coach to um, attend the event. And so um, the Billy Congress of America, with, with support of sponsorship, um, will fund all of the player travel, all of their expenses um, for this event. And um, the same thing will happen next year when we do the event in the United States. Um, all of the kids will be taken care of. So the, the neat thing about this is that there's no financial outlay for a, 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 if a kid gets nominated and they get chosen, uh, everything will be covered from um, their airfare to their food um, all the way there and all the way back. Wow. That is super duper cool. That really is a big deal. Uh, it is a big deal. I mean, it's, it's not, a, it's not a cheap event. It's a, it's a lot of money. Um, you know, it's a good, it's a great question you ask because that again, was you know a lot of our our discussions early on was you know it's not fair to to create an event like this um, and we don't think it'll be successful to create an event like this and then turn around and say you know some of our best junior players are obviously going to be invited to play at the PCA you know Expo as part of the uh, BF Junior Nationals they're gonna they're gonna win and get a chance to play in the World Championships and they may get a chance to play in the Atlantic Challenge Cup asking them to pay to to, to have to travel to this event just wouldn't work. So right. we made sure we had that the BCA was committed to, to funding this and, and that looking for sponsors to help fund it. But our firm is committed to funding this program. So 
Um, the players don't have to worry about that. That is super awesome. And like you said, that's a huge relief and just that much more exciting to be selected, to be honest with you, you know, to know that you get to go do this uh, and not even have to worry about the expense involved. That's just gigantic. Yeah, um, we hope that, you know, we hope that that, that removes any barriers. Of, you know, maybe a, you'd have a fantastic player that you'd love to have go, but, but can't because of a financial consideration. Right, you know, right. That eliminates that. Plus, you know what? You know, it, it, it's a reward to the kids for, exactly. for their hard work and exactly. for their efforts and, you know, for being able to earn a spot on the team. So exactly. it's a win-win for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's great. Do you uh, – it might be jumping the gun just a little bit, but have you guys started working on where the location is going to be in the U.S. next year? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, as you know, last year um, for the first time we held the, uh, the PCA – CF Junior Nationals on um, on the show floor of the BCA Expo, and the idea was um, twofold. One is to help the Education Foundation um, host their event. We, we had space on our floor, so you know they they got a free facility. We were able to you know provide security and to provide to help them. Um, we already had manufacturers that were coming to the show that, that could supply equipment for the event, that that would help the Billiard Education Foundation. And frankly, we wanted the, we wanted the industry to, to see these kids in action. And so we worked with the Billiard Education Foundation last year to hold um, the, first, the first event on the floor. The first time we held the event on the floor uh, was last year. And, you know, 99 out of 100 people absolutely loved it. And, um it was a, a great success for us, and you know I've used the example before with Jim Lucas um, with Q and Case. Um, you know, this guy on the finals day was back watching the kids play and biting his fingernails watching him play, and it, to me it was just so neat to see a guy like that in the industry that's been been around for so long. How much he liked the sport, and how interested he was, and how engaged he was in seeing the the play, you know, it it, it reaffirmed that we were doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. So um, we did that last year. Now this year, we're also having, uh, we're also hosting the event, um, the BEF Junior Nationals on our floor, and I can tell you that um, that the numbers have, have nearly doubled from what I've heard of, of kids that will participate in the event. So with that said. Um, we really love putting these events on in front of our industry. And our industry, the one time we're together um, in any given year is during the BCA Expo. So our plan will be to host as part of our BCA Expo um, in 2016. Okay. Okay. And and do you have a um, – is the location, the city, going to be the same as it was this year? Uh, we have not finalized the uh, location for the 2016 BCA Expo. So we're okay. still okay. working on contracts and, and, and figuring that out. Once we, once we announce the uh, Expo location, we'll, we'll do a, a separate announcement to announce the location for the Atlantic Challenge Cup. Excellent, excellent. Very good, very, very good. Now, is, are there plans um, for video production or streaming or what have you of the event while it's going on? In the first year, with it being in Europe, um, 
really the EPBS is in control, in control of all the live streaming. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the EPBF, EPBF will feed all that through. And as soon as we get that information, we'll pass it through. Okay. Um, as far as moving forward, when, when it's here in the U.S., there will be live streaming. Um, we're, we're, talking, we're, we're trying to figure out all of the details now. But like we said earlier, we're, we're glad it's in Europe first, and we're, we're going to learn from their mistakes and, and learn what they did right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. All right. No, that's fine. I just wanted to know if uh, if there was if there were plans, at least in the works, for it to be watchable. That would always sure. be great too. So um, yeah, no, that's cool. That's good. Um, hmm. What else can we ask you about it? Uh, did I miss anything? You guys have anything else in the works? Anything new and and, and exciting uh, for the BCA in 2015? You know, I mean, I guess a couple of things I touch on. Number one is, um, you know, I know I know a lot of your listeners are, are players and and more on the consumer side, but I will tell you um, from a industry side, a trade side, um, we we have seen positive growth in the industry. Um, we have. Your reports of a of a strong holiday um, selling period, and that that's continued through the first quarter mm-hmm. of 2015. So, you know, I think it's you know people should you know be cautiously optimistic that you know the game is 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 coming back. Players are are playing more. Um, people are, are purchasing more product. I don't I don't believe it's going to be an explosion um, of a, a massive magnitude, but I think the game will will grow at a, at a slow but steady pace, um, and that's great news for, for everybody in the industry, and that's great news for players as well, because as the industry grows and companies have more success, then they have more money to put into um, development of new products, and, and you know the consumers will love that. The BCA ourselves, um, you know, we're very excited about the, the 2015 show. We're going to be in Las Vegas this year. We're going to be at the South Point. Um, Convention Center. It's a hotel casino convention. Um, very excited with the the success to this date. We're we're up thirty percent in our booth sales. Um, last year at this point, we had eleven new exhibitors. This year, we have one new exhibitor. This year, we have eleven. Um, so our trade show is 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 growing again. Hmm. You know, it looks like we lost him again. And the signal just keeps hopping in and out. So um, we're going to go ahead and uh, call it a day for this particular interview. Apologies again, everyone, for the, for the issues. And uh, we'll catch up with you again next week. Welcome back to American Billiard Radio. This is the Legends and Champions Report, brought to you by Neil's Garage Cabinets of Mesa, Arizona, and they are also the proud sponsors of the Diamond Pool Tour in Arizona. My name is Juan Cantrell. I'm your host, and as usual, I have a guest that's going to enlighten us on one topic or another, and that guest this week is the Rocket, Rodney Morris. How are you doing, Rodney? How's it going? I'm doing great. Um, you know, I've got a few different things, and I know you don't have a lot of time. 
Well, I've got a few different things to talk to you about. First, I'm going to ask you for your reaction to the press release that went out this morning of uh, Metro Sports cancelling the Moscone Cup. Uh, what? I did not hear about this. You didn't know? No, I did not know. What's going on? I I don't know. I guess uh, they've just decided that they've had enough or they're suspending it, which I don't know what that means. Uh, suspending it for this year. Wow, interesting. Okay, maybe they didn't get sponsors or maybe they, uh, you know, I don't know what the deal is. Yeah, I haven't heard anything. You know, it's been, you know, well over a year since the last uh, massacre that we got in, uh, you know, almost a year and a half ago or whatever. So I think, yeah, I didn't, I, I, well, there's rumors because it's April 1st, so. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's right. That's uh, funny. Uh, I got you. You got me. You got me. I was going to say, I was in the lead. I was in the lead after this last bar table event. So. Well, you know, Archie called me like three times this morning, like 6 a.m., 7 a.m., 8 a.m. He couldn't wait to tell to tell me the Moscone Cup was canceled. He'd be sitting around waiting for him to tell me it. Not canceled, but I got you, so that's all I care about. Um, I'm, 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 easy, I'm easy to get because uh, I don't even know the date. I don't even know what date it is today. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I, I, I'm gonna let, let me ask you to start off with some lighter stuff. Um, you are a new papa. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. We're happy. So it's been, uh, you know, what last week Saturday. So going on two weeks, and you know, I've slept a total of three hours. So I'm, I'm getting in stroke. <laughs> that's uh, <laughs> you know what? That's a that's a tough job right there, right at the beginning as well. So and you you went out of town as well, didn't you? You, you, you yeah. Been, uh, yeah. What's your what's your baby what's your baby's name? And tell us a little bit about your baby before we move on. Well, okay. Well, first of all, my my uh, you know my my ex wife that I have an eighteen year old daughter from. I was trying to get. I kept telling her, I said, "We have a son. I want to name him Rocket. You know his first name, right?" And she said, "Yeah, we'll talk about it. See what happens, right? Because we never found out if it was a boy or girl." Well. Lucky for her, it was a girl, so we named her Taylor, and uh, so that was my chance of having first name Rocket. Then I got engaged, you know, you know, years later, and uh, we had two kids, and uh, I kept trying to get get Sheena, my ex, to name, you know, one of the kids Rocket. Wouldn't do it. So finally, now I've got a son, and uh, the closest I could get was uh, she. Uh, my fiance now picked uh, Zayden as the first name, and then she let me pick uh, his middle name, Rocket. So. Finally got somebody to name. <laughs> I was gonna keep trying. <laughs> yeah, expensive, uh, expensive uh, test there. I think. But... Yeah, I was gonna I'm gonna treat. You know, you know, uh, you know. Historically, I traded in any, every woman that didn't let me name the kid Rocket. Now, but now Zayden Rocket Morris, and uh, we couldn't be happier. Yeah, he's, uh, he eats just like his daddy, nonstop. Right, and then you. Well, I had to hold off on this interview because you were working out. What's going on there? You're trying to bulk up or something? I'm actually getting huge. Yeah, I'm getting a lot bigger in my upper body because I'm, uh, you know, obviously I don't, you know, tell a lot of people, but I've had I I was getting a lot of tests because I was sluggish, you know, over the last ten years. Like I'll sleep six, seven, eight hours a day, and I get up and I'm so tired, like all day. I can't tournaments. I can't last. You know, I get tired all the time. So I did all kinds of you know, CAT scans and, you know, blood tests and all that. 
and finally I was just listening to something in Las Vegas and it, it was stuck in my mind about low testosterone, you know, when you get older. So I just, just randomly tested at this clinic over here and they said, you know, your levels need to be about 700 to 1200. He said, when they tested me, I was at 298. So he said, yeah, you're definitely a candidate. You know, I was like, he said, and I was telling him, you're saying all the side effects. And I was like, yeah, I got to get, uh, so basically I'm on steroids, regular testosterone to get my levels back to normal, healthy level. That's well, great. You, you, might, you might need to keep those levels down, the, the rate you're spitting out them kids. <laughs> um, oh, no, no, it's, uh, I never had problems in that area, but just like my energy, I, I always like to work out, you know, I've always been an athlete, and I always like to be in the gym, and then all of a sudden, I just can't find the motivation, so I was like, something's got to be up, so, so it's, no, it's normal to get, you know, there's, I mean, there's guys constantly in and out of that clinic every day when I'm in there, and it's a, it's a real physician on board, they, they test all your levels for everything, you know, so it's really good, it's a real top-notch clinic, and, uh, they're getting me on track. Now I'm in the gym. I do my hour cardio. I burn like a 1,000 calories. I'm like a machine in there. And then, uh, But the only side effect right now, it's, it makes me retain water. So my weight actually can't go down yet until I get back to normal levels of, you know, my testosterone levels. But I'm like great shape right now. Hey, you know I mean, you were big to begin with. I'm not saying, I'm not saying you were fat. I'm just saying you, you were big to begin with, you know, stocky. I mean, if you start doing those weights and that kind of thing, you're going to be like the whole yeah, I'm, the Hawaiian yeah, I am right now. My shoulders get everything. My I don't fit in an extra large shirt in, in, as of the last couple of weeks. It's like everything is just all my upper body is getting huge. So I'm getting super strong, but uh, that's the side effect. I'm going to turn into a Hulk, so... Well, I guess I've got to make sure if we do anything together, uh, again, I've got to pay you on time. Exactly. Speaking of that, I was just thinking about this. You know, I've done hundreds of clinics, pool clinics, put together, produced, promoted clinics, exhibitions, challenge matches. You know the first one I ever did? Really? In Phoenix? The first one I ever did was you and Tony Crosby there in Phoenix. Yeah, 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 I remember, I remember. And I did one more with you with uh, with Johnny and Nick Barter in uh, Omaha, I think, or somewhere in Nebraska. Yeah, we did Yeah, we did something there. No, we've done two others, I think. Two others? Maybe some, uh, I forget what other one was, but yeah, it was yeah, really I know, it's been a few of them. Yeah, I love them. It's fun. You know, I love teaching, too. And I, and I think it was from that time with Tony Crosby years ago that kind of made me realize that, you know, I like people so I've done a lot of stuff you know you know privately and you know different cities when I go to and uh, they love it you know I love passing on the knowledge it seems like so long ago but it, I mean I guess it still was it must have been 12 years ago that was a while ago yeah that was back then UPA days I think right yep yep uh, well let me uh, I, again I know you don't have time to sit around and just BS with me but um you just had a win. Was it the is it the Wyoming Open that you won? I know they have a couple of different events there. What was it that you actually won that in Wyoming? Uh, yes, I, you know every year we've had it for the last uh, you know what, since 2008 was the first year. Um, Eddie Glow, who's the mayor of that town of Saratoga now, he uh, he started. He wanted to do a professional pool event there, and he contacted uh, you know the UPA president at the time, and uh, and then you know it was Frank Alvarez, and then Frank called me and said. Hey, you know, uh, this guy wants a couple of pros there. 
So we went there, and, and Eddie and I hit it off. We became really good friends, and I've been going back. You know, I haven't missed. I'm the only player that's never missed that event yet. So it's a really times, great event. How many times uh, you won it? Uh, shucks. Well, he's had a bunch of different divisions, and I've probably had, you know, I've got like, uh, you know, seven, eight trophies from there. So there's a Saratoga event, which is a game that, you know, he made up. And I, I, he said, what should we name the game? I said, call it Saratoga after your, you know, your town, since you invented the game, basically. So, uh, and that's that one where you run the balls in order, like 13 balls, so you take out the 7 and the 15, and then you get you break and you got to run the solids or strikes in order and then shoot the black ball last. So he does that. It's kind of like a hybrid of 8-ball and 9-ball. So you have that event. Then uh, on the Friday night, he usually does a 10-ball event, which is the one I won uh, this year. Beat Corey in the finals. I think I won it like four out of five years or something. And uh, he does some pretty cool trophies. And then he has an 8-ball event the last day. And I think uh, Mark Vidal won this, this last one. So that was pretty good. Mark Vidal usually, you know, he's, he, he hasn't won. He's always been the bridesmaid a lot. But this is good to see him. Uh, he won Hill Hill against Johnny. And uh, this last one. And then Johnny won the Saratoga event. He beat Corey in the finals. So that was a pretty good event. Mika was there, Raj Wendell, uh, Corey, you know, Mark Vidal. Uh, I know. I was, was going to say, you said that he, he wasn't uh, what you might call a, a weak regional event where you've got one great player and everybody else is almost dead money and everybody else is racing for second place. Um, yeah, that's Mika was yeah. there too, right? Yeah, he had four U.S. Open champions. So uh, <laughs> you know, then Rod was the World Pool Master champion, and you know, he got yeah, he got a bunch of Shane was supposed to be there. He's won it a couple of times, and uh, he he uh, pulled out the last uh, the week before. I guess he was uh, going to Sweden, so he was in Sweden this past uh, this coming weekend or this past weekend for Marcus Schmidt Interpool Open. So he decided to go to uh, Sweden for that one. So, but there's a lot of play, a lot of good players there, yeah. And you know, it's on a bar table, so all the guys that you know really aren't the greatest are great that week on that table. So, you know, it, you know those bar tables are <laughs> tough to win on. Oh, he's, he's bar table. I didn't, I didn't know he was bar table somehow. That's why I said it put me in the lead for Moscone Cup because Moscone Cup is on bar tables this year. And and uh, tomorrow you are playing uh, Edgy Geronimo. Yeah, um, I'll be, the website I guess the uh, Daniel Bush uh, POV Pool. So we'll be on POV POV Pool at 6 p.m. We start. So I'm actually driving to Hard Times right now. I found a magic rack from a buddy of mine, and I'm going straight over to Hard Times because I haven't hit a ball on a nine footer in about almost a month. So <laughs> I'm going to go over there and see if I can run. I'm going to go play the Ghost and probably lose by eight games in the race to 15. And then I'm going to play Edgy and only lose by three. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> I, you, I, what, what's the game that you guys are playing? I, I don't know. I, I, unfortunately, I don't know anything about it. Um, you, you want to tell us what's the game that you guys are playing? We're doing a, a challenge match for... Uh, uh, well, basically, uh, somebody could win 3,000 if uh, it's like 1,000 a set, race to 15, 10 ball, on the tight gold crown. That's at our times. There's a, there's a diamond table there now, but, you know, I, I don't, you know, particularly like diamonds. So I thought to myself, I'll play, I'll play on the uh, ninth, you know, the gold crown. So we'll see how that goes. He just won the tournament last week somewhere, so he's playing real good. 
These guys yeah, don't call me up. When, for some reason, they, nobody calls me up when they're playing bad. They always call me up when they're playing real good. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, you see, nobody ever calls me when they got money in their pocket either. They always call me when they're broke. Hey, you guys are <laughs> saying you want to line up? <laughs> That's funny. You know, and, and they're there you, you go. Can, now we can play even. <laughs> you can't say shut that kid up, right? Because that's that's not that's not cricket. Yeah. I, yeah, you have to. I think you could, you got to burp him and you got to feed him and change the diaper and in between, you know, your shots, and then that, that's how we're playing even. <laughs> right. Um, I guess what we what you, anybody who wants to watch this needs to do is go povpool.com. And they'll get all the information there as to how to order it, watch it. I don't, uh, again, I don't know. Is, is it, uh, is it, uh, it's a pay per view, I'm guessing. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't know. I didn't even, yeah, I'm not sure, to tell you the truth. So, okay. uh, but yeah, you can find out online and then we'll, uh, I guess. Uh, I'm not sure if it's me and Dilmos Foldish are playing uh, uh, him and Bustamante, Joven Bustamante, a doubles match later. I'm not really sure what's going on, but I know. I'm playing the singles tomorrow, so I'm playing edgy. So it's hard to play somebody that always got, you always started out with the edgy on you. Yeah, well, you know, the thing <laughs> is, he's been he's been uh, his has been floating around recently. I mean, he's been doing pretty good. He must be in stroke or something's going on with him. But the the he's he, he's doing pretty good, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, he's I guess he's out of one of these one of these forums out here in L.A. and he just all he does is you know play pool every day out there. So. Uh, Filipino pool room, I think. I walked in there the other day, say hi to Dave Hema, and he was in there. And I guess he works there, lives there, and plays. So if he doesn't beat me, something's wrong. Because he's living, literally living at the pool room. Well, are you uh, are you making a run at the Moscone Cup? I'm, just to change the subject, uh, I just started uh, thinking, you know, there's all these points events, and you, you did bring it up. Are, are you um, looking to get on the Moscone Cup team this year? Or are you going to actively go out of your way to go to the events that are points or not? Because to this point, you, you really haven't, have you? No, I, I uh, went to Philippines during that the, the bar table thing in Reno. So, uh, yeah, uh, Mark, I talked to Mark Griffin, and he uh, he told me that, you know, everything was fine. You know, him and I were cool and, uh, you know, that I can play because, you know, I'm sure you heard about the last time I, I couldn't play in it. So he told me that, you know, I could go and everything was fine. So I said, okay, cool. And, and then uh, it was just so happened the same dates that I, I had already committed to the uh, Pacquiao and World 10 Ball in Philippines. So the you go derby? Yeah. I, I, uh, I don't know how – I don't think I did real good at derby. Might have got 13th or 17th or something. Uh, Jason Clatt knocked me out, played real good, but – and that was only, uh, like, as far as, uh, you know, how they got the rankings on there. And then I'm going to Alan Hopkins' event uh, in a right. couple of weeks. And then um, i got to pay my entry fee to uh, Turning Stone. I'll be at Turning Stone. And then U.S. Open 9 ball. So we'll see what happens. You know, I'm not really chasing, you know, the events because, you know, I'm already I'm one, one event behind anyway. So I'm just trying to, you know, play good and try to make some money to feed the, 
my hungry velociraptor that I got. And so, do, do you have any plans for the rest of the year? What's your What's your goal for this year? Are you going to be just trying to play everything you can, or focusing on pool in general? I know you've got a lot going on in your life. So, are, are you focused on pool, or are you focused on your family? Uh, you know, family first, of course. But you know, my girl now, she's she's so good. She's uh, you know, she's a like 100% supportive, and you know, every she's always planning. She knows all my events. She's like, uh, why don't you play in the men's tour because it's all on this side in the west, the west coast now, the Oscar Dominguez tour. And then she says they came out with the dates and let's go up here for this weekend. And you know, she's a director for basically after school program, so she's like, she's like the boss. So she's like, I can. She got so much like, you know, good time or what do you call that, a sick time and vacation time. So she's like, I can just take that you know weekend off or whatever. So. She's ready to, you know, go hang out with me anytime. What's well, awesome? It's good when you got a woman who's behind you, isn't it? Stuff when yeah. they're not hundred percent supportive of you. Well, unless they're unless they're behind you with a knife, then it's probably not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I tell you, man. Um, well, I, I, I don't know. Do you, do you have any other news? Anything else you'd like to talk about? What do you th- well, What do you think about the Moscone Cup ranking system this year? Do you Do you think it's a good thing or not? Well, I mean, yeah, well, Moscone Cup has always been my favorite event. You know, it's a great event. You know, and I think for uh, you know for us as a team, I think it kind of went downhill when they put the nine ball in the spot. Once they started doing that, and they made the break, you know, kind of one-sided. You know, it's, when they made the break, when the one was on the spot, and both teams are making the ball every time on the break, then that was that was good because now it's whoever whoever flinches, you know, first loses. Now it's like somebody can actually play bad, but they get the shots off the break every time over the other guys. And in the past, lately, it's been them getting more shots off the break than us. So as far as the format and all that, you know, I still think it's a great event, and I just. I just wish they would just pick the team, whoever they want to pick. Just pick whoever they want, and, you know, because they know, you know, the guys that are running, you know, matching, these guys are all, you know, smart guys, know about pool and all that. I think they should just pick who they want and who they think is playing good and going to, you know, be good for the event. I don't like the fact that, you know, they're picking bar table events, but, you know, that's not my, my choice or my uh, my business. So, but it's still a great event, and, you know, I'm always going to be pulling for USA, so... Yeah, it's a. It, it's. It, I'm. I'm so mixed on the whole selection process of the Moscone Cup, and I've said it before, I'm a, a matchroom sports nut hugger, and I just think that they they're just absolutely fabulous at what they do. Now, whether we agree with everything they do and their choices, that's another thing. Uh, I like the fact that, that, that this is where I'm mixed. You've got. Um, the ranking system, which says, hey, the top three guys, if you played, you've earned your way on. I agree with that. I absolutely think that's fabulous. But I also like the idea of what they did last year, where you got to pick a team and, and work together throughout the year. I, I, yeah. like the, I, I like the idea of that as well. So it's kind of it's tough to... to uh, you know, pick one over the other. I know which I know which is fairer because if you've got, let's say, you play and you win Tony Stone U.S. Open Super Billy's Expo, 
and then you don't get on the team because it's already been pipped in January or February. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It's not right because you're on your game. You're, you're shit. If you want somebody to play, it's the guy who just won the U.S. Open, Tony Stone, and Super Billy's Expo, uh, the Pro Players Championship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, I mean, also too, there's you know, it's always going to have some kind of flaw either way because, like Corey said one time, or recently, he's like, he said, I don't like the fact that I can lose, never lose. He said, I can never lose to an American player and get knocked out of the Masoni Cup ranking. I can lose to a Filipino guy and then lose to you know somebody a European guy. So I can never lose to an American and lose you know not get him the ranking in the tournament. You know Masoni. So like. Yeah, that's you know it's always a touchy situation because you got a lot of foreign players in all the events now, right? Because there's so little events. That's a, that's a really good point. I never I never uh, I never thought of that. That, that yeah. is possible. You could lose again, but you know I guess it's like like you said. No matter what you do, there's always going to be uh, an issue with it. I I can I can fault my my own decisions and say, oh, I like this, but. This in life, so um, yeah, I lost to in the um, derby uh, in the nine ball. I lost to Carlo Beato and then Jason Platt. So I never got a chance to play an American in the thing. So that was uh, you know I, I never thought about it until Corey mentioned it. I was like, yeah, that's that's right. I didn't lose to an American guy, but uh, you know, you know, I, I, the thing. I like I like Corey and. And, and in so many ways, I think he's super, like, out there intelligent. In, in other ways, I go, what is this guy thinking? Sometimes I just don't get get him, you know what I mean? He's, like, got one side of his brain that's super smart, one side that I just don't understand. So, um... <laughs> well, you know, he, you know, he, he told me the other day, he, he, he figured out what was wrong with his brain. He said, he said, on the left side, there's nothing right, and on the right side, there's nothing left. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just come up with that? No, I saw somebody posted on Facebook. Come on, I don't come up with anything on my own. I know, I was going to say, that was a little bit above your uh, comedy level right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't do it. Yeah. I, listen, I appreciate you taking the time to, to yeah. talk to us. And uh, you, do you have um, sponsors, friends, family, anybody you want to say hi to? We have about 3,000 people listening to this show now, you know, one way or another. Wow. Well, I mean, 2,900 of my family members listening right now, so I don't, I don't doubt you. you got another 100 somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, uh, well, my sponsors, obviously, you know, um, you know, the Break Rack. BreakRack.com, you guys go on there and um, punch in the cold rocket, and uh, you guys get a discount. And, uh, you know, ILoveCues.com, check out the website. That's my sponsor, Lucky. He uh, you know, makes great cues. Expensive as hell, but they're really great, you know, so he's a legend. And uh, Andy Cloth, USA, is my sponsor, too. Uh, i got a lot of friends, you know, Kenny Cool Cues. Uh, anybody know Hotch uh, Garcia out in California? He's a great guy. He, he uh, does a lot of work for me. You know he'll do he'll he'll do anything on the spot for me. And uh, Ken Davis, he helped out a lot. There's a lot, a lot of good friends. You know that uh, around. You know Dragon Builders, Dragon Promotions. You know there's a lot of I got a lot of friends and uh, sponsors that help out a lot and uh, keep me going. So if I forgot anybody, I apologize. Oh my, uh, Talum Tips. If you guys uh, get a chance, you can order from me. Find me on Facebook 
they're the best break jump kits around. Everybody's going crazy over them. So, and I, and I heard they're making a new version that's coming out. The Tile 2.1 are supposed to be even better than these. So we'll see what happens there. But, yeah, you guys need a Talon tip, uh, 100% great feedback. So hit me up anytime. What about that Mark Cantrell? He's a nice guy, isn't he? Once in a while. Only when he calls me and he needs money. <laughs> no, yeah, you got, yeah, yeah, and you, you know, obviously, you know, you've been a good friend for a long time. So, you know, what you're doing and what you're doing, Earl, Nick, Johnny, Dennis, all the guys, you know, you're doing a great job, you know, for you know, well, I, 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 I appreciate. You know, I, I, I just, I was just kidding around. But listen, thanks, Rodney, for your time. Congratulations on your job. Congratulations on the Wyoming event, and. Uh, Good luck tomorrow night. Hopefully All right. You, uh, put a little bit of money in your pocket. Yeah, thank you. And uh, hopefully I'll, I'll speak to you again uh, in the near future. Let's see as we get closer to Moscone Cup time and see how that, those points are doing. Sounds good, brother. Okay. I mean, I always tell them every year, I said, you guys, as long as you guys pick the best Hawaiian pool player on tour, I'll be happy. Right. Well, that's, that's all we can ask for. I mean, if, if you're not being selfish, no, that's uh, what the goes, give us the best <laughs> team we got. And if I'm not the best team we got, then don't put me in. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Or, you know, like, that's it. That's it. Or maybe just let me have the honorary uh, captain. I'll motivate him. I'll sit there and rack the ball, smack him around. I know how to smack people around. I've been doing it for years. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Thank you. I, I appreciate it, and uh, I will speak to you again real soon. All right, brother. You take care. All right, thanks. All right. That's Rocket Rodney Morris. Um, you said a, a jovial, informational session we had there. Uh, we learned a few things about him and his plans and what's been going on. So. Um, I appreciate everybody's time. Thank you all for listening. This is the Legends of Champions Report with Mark Kentrell, brought to you by the Neil's Garage Cabinets of Mesa, Arizona. And until next week, stay tuned.